my goal at these squares is to turn any upset person that is upset with whether the experience, the product, whatever it is, even if they don't like the product after, just to understand that we care and we will show as much love as possible to make sure that they are as happy as possible given the restraints we're in. Fucking and that's it. I, I love that. A fucking man. Just show just everything. Just show everything. Everything. And that's, that's what we the did. Key word. And so people everything. really started getting interested. They're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, people are like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? I'm Jake the Rover. My life goal is simple. WWE star called Mr. America. My name is Leslie Carls. My nickname is The Panda, and I run this ship. Nick, just Nick. Can I get a midday squares? All right, we are live. It is Victoria Day. Happy Victoria Day, everybody. We are in the studio. This is Midday Squares Uncensored. We talk about family business, entrepreneurship, chocolate, and whatever fucks are on our mind. Ladies and gents, we just walked in here today <laughs> and we took a walk in the back and I thought it was, I, th I think we just need to talk about the experience, especially because this is the roundup and everybody just needs to, we just walked through all together in silence, three of us looking at all the machines that we had just bought that are going to be automating our factory, getting put up and bringing us to the next level as a company. Guys, we, we, 20 months, I know we say it all the time, whatever, fuck it, 20 months, we're just going to call it 20, 20 months ago, we were in a condo rolling this shit out and we just walked a factory that looks like, I don't know, you guys grow up watching the show. Uh, how this is made or all that you'd go into these crazy factories that's that's actually happening right now what will take me through what just happened back there don't be shy guys i mean so les and jake always have a uh they always take we a always minute look at each other yeah right? yeah <laughs> they always take a minute to get into the show we, we have the same blood you know we Ooh. we have similar we have very few similarities but we have some similarities. Could we just? I, um, I'm already. I'm already interrupting both of you. Okay, <laughs> sorry, but before we get into what we just asked you, uh, a couple episodes back, we talked about Jake looking like Freddie Mercury, <laughs> and we discussed that. I, if you guys have not seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. You know when Freddy shows up to get signed, he's wearing this crazy jacket. His bandmates are angry like, lizard. Yeah, they're like, Freddy, you look like an angry fucking lizard. <laughs> like, what is that? And Les and I both at the moment, Les. Yeah, we're like Jake needs this jacket, <laughs> and so I lost a poker match. Monopoly. Uh, sorry, Monopoly match to Jake and Nick horrible not too player. long ago. Okay, relax, relax. You're horrible. And um, I and I owed Jake a hundred bucks, so I said, you know what? Let me buy you the Angry Lizard jacket. He said, well, where are you gonna find it? I said, just leave it to me. You know, I'm gonna figure it out. Anyways. I found it online, usajackets.com. <laughs> okay, but then you thought it was it's a scam. A, you know, of course, because it took over three months to get here. I, was living. I paid a hundred bucks, and I was like, "Okay, this doesn't make sense." And uh, lo and behold, it came on Friday. Is this? Do you know the actual website? Can we put it up for the usajackets.com? Okay, we're good, but we'll also put up the link in the show notes. It's a custom-made jacket out of Pakistan. Okay, so hot. It's and so hot. This is the real story. Friday, Jake and Nick were up north. I was meeting them up north. Jake's package arrived. I couldn't even believe it because I was like, I was 100% getting scammed. Anyways, 
I go, I, I see the DHL number. I, I see that it's been delivered. I, I tell Jake, holy shit, your jacket's been delivered. He goes, no. I go, I swear. He goes, you have to pick it up. I go, I'm not picking it up. I'm not going to your house and then the country house. Forget it. Anyways, I was actually going to pick it up because I myself couldn't wait to see this whole thing. <laughs> and when I approached the house, Jake's girlfriend, Melissa, shows up. I, I sent said, her there. What are you doing here? Jake sent me here to pick up his package to, to keep it at home. Um, and I said, I'm picking it up to surprise him up north. Anyways, <laughs> so when we got the jacket up north and we saw Jake on it, it's just, it, it's like, it's perfect. It's a perfect so fit. In he the, needs a hundred of these. Yeah, in the studio, he's <laughs> actually. every color. Yeah, I agree. In the studio today, he's wearing the angry lizard jacket. Uh, Les, but I'm not angry. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's not ang- being angry. It has nothing to do. It's, it's just, just confidence. It's just pure, com- it's pure <laughs> confidence, guys. Les is taking a picture as we see speak, so we could put that in the Hello, show. Hello, guys. As well I'm gonna too. be wearing it every day. So, <laughs> oh my god, we might have <laughs> so to actually a, post this on the like Instagram. Today I just need more of these. Hello, your sister yeah. ordered you those pants and that jacket. I know. I need more of these. Though. All right. So getting back to the actual getting machine, to since you guys get shy when we start these episodes. <laughs> Tell us. We just walked through it. I mean, that that was like, for me, that was a heavy experience. I mean, for me, I mean, this was my baby, you know, and the last 16 months in my life um, were hectic. And when the machines arrive this week, it's an unexplainable moment where you can't even believe what was done. And when you asked me this weekend, Nick, what was, what is your biggest surprise what was the exact one your of your capabilities yeah we were driving the car and i'm actually curious to know uh you know what we should do this live on the show well, i want to finish what i was okay, saying okay and then we're going to do this live on the show yeah. we're going to redo this live on the show so nick asked me what my 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 capa- like what surprise capabilities i i've i've discovered about myself since the launch of midday squares and for me it was this it was building automation putting together like building a plant and running the manufacturing plant, keeping us afloat. And and this week was my week of glory where I was just like, wow, this is such an incredible milestone for me, for Nick and Jake, for the whole entire Midday Squares team, and for, for our, our production team, and for our customer. And when we walk, like this morning when we got here, the first thing I wanted to do is go see the machines. And nothing's set up yet. We've uh, just this week we uncrated it. We brought everything in. That was really stressful. The machines, each machine's five thousand pounds. I mean, you need to have really, really amazing people who can do this for you. And we uncrated everything. We brought all the machines in, and it's they're they're honestly beautiful. Yeah, they are a piece of artwork. And 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 I, like you said, twenty months ago, we were making the product in our condo in a rolling pan. Jake was weighing pink salt. Nick was fucking finding suppliers, and we were rolling this thing out in an eight by eight pan. And I can't believe today that we are about to start up a full automation line. Jake, I cannot believe it. Take us through what was going through you when we walked the facility. Yeah, like uh, no, I was super jacked up to come see it because I didn't get to see anything Friday. Um, really excited when I came in. Um, just just took it in. Uh, you know, it wasn't gonna jump around and do all that crazy shit because, you know, it is a big moment. But I think it it deserved its silence and just appreciating the art of the machinery and you know what you guys what what Leslie built. Yeah, I per can't se. I can't take any credit on this one. Y- you know, no, but I think it just the just the fact that these things can make a complex bar that we have from A to Z 
is just so cool in my eyes like humans were making it before still humans will be helping with it but the fact that a machine can figure out how to make it taste be the exact same that we what we had before even better is just mind-blowing to me and you know at the end of the and day, it goes to human testament too yeah, right like think about it I, I was telling Les this the other day. I can't even fucking believe we're in a period of time of like, how the hell do people even think about this? Like when you look at those the machines, intricacies. the intricacies but, that are in there. But, you know, you say it's always big for our team. And I think that that's one definitely one thing that it is huge for. But I think most importantly, actually, it, it's better for our customer. You know, the consistency of the bar. I did the, want to bring that up. So so somebody specifically asked us. There was a question that was asked on the uh, Instagram. Um, Facebook. And Facebook direct messaging, the messenger, big fan, huge, said, what does automation mean for us, the customer? Is it going to be a cheaper price? Is it going to be? And I I want to touch a little bit upon that. And I think you were getting into it. So I'll let you finish. And then Les, I see you. Les is in the studio holding her hand up saying, it's me, it's me. Well, I would like to answer. I, I love you. No, but for me, it's not cheaper price. Uh, I think that consistent, you know, I was going, I was packing bars the other day and, uh, you know, I pulled over three bars that I, I felt and I didn't like the way they felt in the package. And I took them out of it to do a quality test. And it, the chocolate was kind of like a wave. And, you know, I think due to the non-consistent human doing that right now, we have things like that. And so I pulled them out and I didn't, and we didn't ship it to the customer. And I think something like that alone, just an aesthetically pleasing square alone is way better than getting a mixed bubbly chocolate. Can I chocolate. hop in on that? Yeah, 110. So, you are the godmother yeah, of manufacturing. You have to understand that when you f- manufacture by hand, when everything is made by hand, it is only normal to have you know, all these things that are not perfect, right? When you see our squares on a picture, it's because we've chosen the most perfect square and we've, whatever the case may be, there's parchment paper, there's ways on making this product that can affect the end mm-hmm. result, but it won't affect the flavor. But the, the truth is we want to deliver a, not a perfect square, but aesthetically pleasing, a good tasting, a, a, a 10 on 10 in every area. Right. And so consistency, flavor, texture, ingredients, quality, all of that stuff. Now, the 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 plant. So like you said, it will give the customer more consistency in the product. It will allow for less human error to happen. And like you said, flavor will obviously increase because the way we're going to be making the product now, what it does for our team and why this is so important for the for our customers to understand is making the product by hand may sound nice you might like the idea of that but when we're scaling and we're growing a business and our orders are increasing and increasing our team members are in pain Mm -hmm. from tennis elbow to um tinnitus you know and and you know it's it's dangerous and so for us for us to be good a good manufacturing plant, the thing that we could do best is bring these machines to our team and get them tools and tips and things and, and machinery and equipment to help improve their daily life coming to work. And then another another really big piece that I think is super important for everybody to understand is we get the question is, okay, well, is automation going to allow the, pri- uh, the product to be cheaper? And the answer is no. What's going to happen is automation is going to allow midday scares to actually build a viable business. And what that means is that when we started Midday Squares, we spoke about this on earlier episodes, margin is everything. We started with razor thin, sorry, 
we started. You, you couldn't even see choked on your own word, razor thin <laughs> yeah, margin. Yeah, we, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was so shocked. Yeah, we started with razor thin margins. And it wasn't that we started with razor thin margins for the sake. It was that in manufacturing specifically, scale is everything. Meaning you need to get to a certain scale for the business to start to make sense. And so all that's happening is that manufacturing is allowing midday squares to finally grow up and we won't have to go bankrupt because we're going to get to an area where we're going to build a business that is viable for the future. And that's why an expansion. And yeah, and that's why scaling is so important. Not only does it allow us to deliver you guys an even superior product, it allows us to stay in business. That, that is the most important. Like so we word. could continue innovating and bringing out the dopest fucking products for you. Can we just take a minute to just snaps? Snaps. What are we snapsing for? The machines? Yeah. Machines. Fucking for, yeah. For, for evolution yeah. of the company. I really, honestly, I forget. So, okay. So I was in the car speaking. We were uh, whenever, I don't even remember when, but we were in the car and I'm like, Les, what is the thing that you've shocked yourself most with uh, in terms of pushing your limits and your capacity since we started this company? Clearly, you just brought up um, the manufacturing and putting that together. Yeah, the manufacturing component, yeah. Jake, what have you surprised yourself with since starting this company? You know, my 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 main my main thing that I think I learned is, um, you know, how to how to work with people in the sense of I'm not talking to people at Midday Squares. I'm talking with the customers of ours and how to you know speak to them and communicate. You know, from a business to a customer is a very hard thing to do because there's lines you don't want to cross. You know, you got to be very careful. This isn't, you know, your best friend, but Midday Squares makes them your best friend. And that's a very hard line to play with. And I think I've, you know, almost mastering that. And Oh, yeah. Why don't you tell the story of what happened this weekend? There's a really wild story. Well, we're not going to use any names of people. Yeah, we won't use names, but let's talk about the the, the experience. You know, we had um, a customer, and this happens, you know, I wouldn't say every day, but, you know, it happens. And... um, they just weren't pleased with 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 the product and and not for any typical reason but they were just unhappy they had a bad experience so you know what i decided to do was go above and beyond it was a saturday afternoon and i went above and beyond and i went to go call the customer and have a a full conversation we ended up sitting on the phone for 45 minutes laughing you know first it was upset i'm gonna tell you first went from you know the conversation being a low very low you know upsetting conversation to holy shit, we're best friends and laughing, having the time of our lives. And like, you know, this is legit, by the way, I was in the guys, other room. I thought guys, he was talking to Melissa. Guys, every, every person in this world is a human and humans have to interact with each other like humans and not robotic, not aggressive, no egos. This is, a, this is literally a conversation. And when you have a conversation with your customer, it is a human to human conversation. And when you do that, what I learned is you can build someone to become your best friend. And what we call best friends, friends of Midday Squares. So my goal at Midday Squares is to turn any upset person that is upset with whether the experience, the product, whatever it is, even if they don't like the product after, just to understand that we care and we will show as much love as possible to make sure that they are as happy as possible given the restraints we're in. Fucking and that's it. I, I love that. That's a fucking every man. business needs to do it. I up. I still I think about this often. What? No, I think about you and I, I think can't. about no, but I swear I think about you and customer experience and it just jacks me up because it jacks me up that there's somebody on the team 
Okay. Yeah. What happened? That we has were- the like uh, the the magic, the touch that that you have with with the customers. I mean, I think about it all the time, and it honestly makes me laugh. It makes me feel good inside, <laughs> and and I really think that's one of our biggest competitive advantages. But yeah. you know what? You know what? No, but you felt a certain way last week. And Wait, okay, please. We Les and I are in bed. Yeah, yes, yeah, is bad. <laughs> she sees a message, notification, a notification come in from one of our uh, customers, panicking, panicking, <laughs> getting uncomfortable. Right? I just look at her. Yeah, panicking. <laughs> I look at her. I said, "Babe, <laughs> what are you worried about? Jake's got this. He's and and sure enough, she sent me a message. Jake saw it coming." From 10 miles away. He was already on this. I deflated her. Her She came in hot. Like, Leslie came in hot Super with a message. Ang- no, anxious. She, and, Super and I, anxious. I know, I know it texts at 10 p.m. She's supposed to be sleeping. Yeah. I know there's an anxiety behind it. Yeah. So I get this message with a <laughs> screenshot, okay? Saying something about... Deal, we need to deal with this in a certain way, like getting nervous. I was like, I was like, L O L, and then she wrote L O L L O L, and I was like, L-O-L-O? I was like, it's fine, babe. I have a, I have a system, and then I told Let. I said, you know, because I felt the way you felt that same feeling. I'm talking eight months ago. Yeah. I had that bad anxiety because I would be up late and I would see things that would pop up, and I, and then do you get gassy when you have anxious? No, not really. No, you, that's no. not true. No, you do get gassy. We were so well, my fr- stomach starts to hurt. I don't think I'd get gassy. You uh, nice number pains. one, I think that is completely false. Okay, oh, I can't. Completely you were farting false all, all weekend. I, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't fart at all. Number one, can I can I Disgusting. say something on that? Because what I wanted to say is, yeah, I was anxious, and you made me feel good because you're like Les. I got this. This is my domain. I catch things. I handle them. And this is my thing. So I got this. You don't need to send this to me. And since we had that conversation, I've actually removed <laughs> Facebook off my phone and muted all my my notifications. And let me just say something. As you're scaling, guys, yeah. as you have more ads out there, as you have more traction, as you have more social media, we're launching a YouTube. We have a podcast. We have Instagram. We have LinkedIn. Um, we have Facebook. You're going to get... A inbound. lot of inbound. A and ton. on Facebook, there's conversations. I uh-huh. mean, people are on there, you know, conversating. And so I just needed to turn off the notifications notifications completely because it was upsetting me. You know, but there's something special I think that all businesses should know is that you, there's a time and place to engage. And you don't always engage with with a potential customer. And, and why I'm saying potential is because it doesn't mean they're a customer or not, but they are engaging with you on social media. There there are trolls out there. and Oh, we, we, we midday squares. <laughs> there's trolls. We have there's no, tons of trolls. And we, I know which ones you can turn and which ones you can't. We don't negotiate with terrorists Never. at midday squares. What and does that no, mean? No matter Take it how home. emotional you are that you see, because we built something special here, right? We can all agree. And yeah. when you see someone writing something so negatively about something that, you, that we built together as a baby and... They've never tried the product or anything. They're putting they, you down. They're just putting you down. You need to learn and be as strong and not let your ego come in and just not act yeah, upon You don't it. even have to defend yourself. But I would say we have, I would say out of our whole experience on social media platforms, I would say we have what, 1% of less trolls? Than 1%. Less than 1%, honestly. But as you say, they they're upsetting. They trolls could fuck your headspace up. But that's what I'm saying. That's, but that's yeah. a good lesson, by the way. If you have someone in your business that that is running the Department of Customer Experience, then you should have to turn off the notifications just to stay away from it Babe, because you could trust it. I trust my partners. I check but, out when you're doing something, I check out. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Other businesses have to get that trust in their 100%. partnerships because it lets you sleep at night that you don't have to worry about these 100%. trolls. Fucking right. So, okay. So we don't engage with terrorists or trolls at Midday Squares. Never. 
I do want to get back to you being gassy though when you're nervous. So yesterday we were uh, we jumped oh, in shit, 40 right. degree Fahrenheit <laughs> you water. Farted? Yeah, you don't remember the smells that were coming. Oh on? yes, on the on the, on the deck. <laughs> yeah, so we're so so we were uh, we were about to jump in 40 degree uh, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit water, freezing cold. No uh, wetsuits, nothing. No, you just it, your your you heart and body just completely shock when you go in. Jake was so nervous before he kept saying, "I'm so nervous." My you son were nervous was ready. too, and then but he wasn't talking. And then we started smelling things on the dog, <laughs> and and then you, I think specifically, Les said, "Did someone Shh, poo no, herself?" No, I thought you shat your pants. <laughs> Did someone gas themselves? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? That the problem was because that. And so that, you don't, don't sit here and act like you don't get gassy when you get nervous. No, you're right. I actually do gas. They're not loud farts. We're fact checking. What are you Jake. talking about? <laughs> on the couch on Saturday night, you 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 blew two. Okay, you want to really get into that game? Nick came into my room. No, I, no, I don't into, want to get listen, in. Listen, listen, listen. I've never heard my husband <laughs> fart, and I don't want to start now. I do want to talk about I, farting in relationships. I was, playing, though. I was playing Xbox, and Nick comes into my room, annoying, like really annoying, and turns his back to me and just gases out <laughs> full gas session and then leaves the room That's comes disgusting. back 25 minutes later to the exact same thing <laughs> this is just disgusting not unfactual completely bro i guess i believe that in relationships in a relationship there should be no farting no, I disagree. I believe I so. I do it as all well. the time. No, you can't. Come There's on. a certain line that just needs to not be crossed with your significant other. And uh. I know this is gonna this is gonna everybody listening is gonna be on half Yeah, it's half half. half. It's half I'm half. I'm on the opposite well, side of you guys in this one. Les, well, what do you feel? I agree. If you farted all the time, I would be so just turned off. Who wants to smell that? Honestly, what I like the most, and this is our setup at home, is Nick has his own room and his own washroom, and I have my own room, my own washroom, and so <laughs> I like that because that allows. Jake, us to are you have planning to sleep with your girlfriend Melissa? Yeah, in I, the same bed. Yeah, I actually enjoy sleeping with someone in the same bed. I do, <laughs> and uh, I I enjoy the experience of it, uh, just the idea of having someone there, especially your significant other. But Leslie, I know that you go to the bathroom and like you hide it a lot of the time when you're shitting, and you take a lot of time. Pooing for the show we call it pooing. Pooing. First of all, why are you timing my bathroom session? Because I see. Because you go say I'm going to the bathroom. That's how you word it. But like, dude, just say it like you're going to take a poo. Like no, you're gonna take I don't more time need than to. Peeing. I don't need to justify. I go to the washroom. I do my thing, and then I come out. Listen, you guys are but secretive about it. your pooing, your your farting. We are the whole night. It's, an, it's ugly. Like, no, like, no, it's what allows relationships to stay harmonious forever. Okay, let's get back on top of <laughs> <Into> business. <laughs> yeah. Forget about the personal stuff. Why? Um, I wanted to talk about why we chose Montreal as the hub. Oh, love Montreal. So I have a few feelings on this, but I think this is uh, this is important because. Founders are, especially when you go into U.S., a lot of the people I speak with in the U.S., specifically Canada less, I think we choose to build stuff in our hometowns. But, I mean, we almost launched this in L.A. and Toronto. And and Montreal, for me, I, I was influenced a lot. I'll speak for myself, and, and I want to hear what you guys said. Drake, for me, mm-hmm. what he did with Toronto and how, like, everybody in the music industry had to go to LA or New York, you know, they did their thing because that like you couldn't be the top hip hop mm-hmm. artist in the world if you if you were in Toronto. And that was bullshit. And to see what he's did with Toronto and how he just fucking owns it and put Toronto on the map, that hypes me up to a whole other level. That's like for me, Montreal is our fucking home and it's like what better place in the world 
than to do it in your own backyard. And I, I just believe you should start, if you can, if you have a good community, given we're in a big city, so that helps, and we have universities and we have big food industry here, but I just think if you're starting something, always try to put your hometown on the map. I think it has to do with what you said, community. Uh, I think Montreal, the three of us have our biggest networks here, and I think that really gives you a boost at the beginning. Not say to rely on that, but that big boost makes a big difference, and we used it pretty good. Um, and they've been a big supporter of ours. So I think that's why I chose Montreal. It's also a gorgeous city. But besides that is, you know, a lot of brands, I think my second thing is that a lot of brands don't come to Quebec because it's challenging. And we took on that challenge to win Quebec and actually have it behind us as an army. And they become an army for us, sure as hell, from retail openings to promoting the brand to friends. You know, we had a friend today, we had a friend yesterday we were on the phone with that that is shipping product all over to their friends in Toronto, to to Vermont, to New Boston, Hampshire. Boston, UK. Boston. She's from Quebec and she's, <laughs> she's wild. There. But like, think about that for a second. Think about that. She's promoting it and proud that it's from here. And I just think that Quebec has something special about the people. And um, that's it. I I agree. I think there's no place better than your hometown. I've been, I've lived in New York and I've lived here. And when I was in fashion, I felt I needed to be in New York and be in Hong Kong and China. And honestly, there's no place like home in my opinion. Um, but like Jake and Nick said, there's something about the city when you're from when you launch a company in the city that you're born in, there's this magic. Je ne sais quoi. Like, like you feel it. Do that again. It. Do like, that again. Do that again. Oh, fuck. You know, like the city's roaring. Right. They want to push for they you. They want to push for you. Right. Not everybody. You still have a lot of haters. But what I'm saying is the city wants to push for you. And when you make it in your own hometown city, I mean, there's this, this serious connection. And I think for me, like, I love the fact that our family's here. Like, we're big family people, you know? On the weekends, we're spending time with our families. And, like, yeah, we're can't discount, have a family. You can't discount the emotional support that comes That's with it, thing. too. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, guys. Like, you can't discount the emotional support. That's true. At the end of the That's day, That's a like, big piece of success. Our mom does the Polaroids. Like, th- there's Thank constant you. support and help that we get from our friends and family around us. And yeah, I shout think, out all of our friends well, What about all the recruitments that come in to help package at night? Everybody, time? everybody. What I'm saying is yeah, yeah, we tons. live come on. seven minutes from our factory. Hot. I mean, that's incredible. We live 10 minutes from our parents. Your mom lives on our floor. Yeah, like, facts. My mom, moved, my mom moved into my uh, my condo floor last year. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Well, I but love sh- it. Shout out, mother. I love it. But what's important is that you also have a city. So like the Montreal- behind you. But, but if you have a small, listen, small towns, a little harder to get it off the ground because a big city like Montreal has the urban vibe. It I has agree. the people. Our product is a grab and go product. So mm-hmm. you got to imagine people working, people grabbing it underneath their building. You need cities like that because that gives you the traction and push that you need to get to your next city. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, if you were to tell me we're going to go start in um, who knows what, I, I think it'd be a lot harder. I don't I disagree. Agree. I agree. So that's, that's <laughs> Montreal for you. <laughs> that no, but Montreal's a great city. I love it here. And honestly, I always have. It has a great nightlife. It has great restaurants. I mean, Montreal is happening. And uh, I, I, what I, I also love that there's country 45 minutes away. And that in all, we di- have in all four, directions. Four seasons, you know. So another. another four seasons, what? No, like the like, hotel or the... F- no, like the, the weather. Oh, the weather. Okay, that's hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Four I Seasons. I love that. I'm a, I'm a Four Seasons person. There's nothing like Four Seasons. Like the weather right now is epic. I oh. love transitions. Yeah. Completely you know? agree. So it still seems that our uh, a lot of people we're speaking with, different entrepreneurs, and even 
uh, people that are Instagramming us, it's like, how do you get into stores? And I know we spoke about this already, but I just feel like it's not driven home. Um, like we just had a conversation with two entrepreneurs in the last weekend. And uh, even last night we were speaking, it was like, okay, I want to get into stores. I want to get into stores. And I just felt like we needed, I needed to, to clear the air one more time on this. You need to have a good fucking product. That is number one. If you do not have a good product, if you do not have a good product, you are done. You're done. It's going to be very difficult. If you do have an interesting, unique product, all you need to do is shout, 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 shout. That's why Jake came on board is shout about your product. If you are. And so here's a perfect example. And brand, you need to have something different. So what, what was really cool about the podcast was that um, shout out Johnny. Johnny's a entrepreneur in Montreal who's building a hydroponic farm. And they're doing hydroponics in a way that's super innovative and unique to them. He reached out after listening to one of the episodes and was talking about it. And, and we were in the middle of a conversation. He's like, yeah, but like, you know, we're, we're growing Boston head lettuces, which is not as cool as chocolate. And I said, no, man. Like, I, I think there's a monster community out there that wants to watch you do fucking hydroponic farming on like fucking Instagram or, or, or videos about it. Like just the most important thing is they have a unique way of doing it. They have a new unique product. All they're missing is the shouting component. And so on that note, I just want everybody and we're going to keep repeating it on as long as people are reaching out in the DMS asking us about how do you get into stores? We're going to keep bringing this fucking up. I have definitely a good way of, you know, that we recently learned how to speak to a buyer. And I think over time you learn this, but you know, buyers are very interesting people and they're great and all, but you know, they do care about the taste of the product. I definitely think they care, but I think they really care about how you're going to win them revenue in their stores and their category because different categories and stores compete technically with each other. So you got to convince the buyer how your product is going to make more revenue than the product that they're removing from the shelf for you. So that's the story you try to figure out to tell them and allow them to trust you in doing that. Then I could promise you, you'll be on the shelf 100%. What is one of the ways that we started pitching it? Well, like what? The, oh, margin. Margin's one way. Yeah, margin. We're not going to give all our secrets here, but yeah, margin's yeah, yeah. definitely a big play. No, but really just get out there and explain to them. I, I, I think if you could convince to a buyer why your product will make more revenue than something else that's on the shelves, you have a pretty good shot. Yeah, and I mean, from you know my perspective, I think brand and marketing is huge. Uh, I think you need to be, you need to go to the grocery store and and understand the the floor and the layout and see, will my product stand out here? Will my product speak to a customer? Who am I speaking to? And and then you gotta you gotta design your product accordingly. And honestly, the you need to have the right strategies, like Nick said, shouting, but shouting in the right ways. What? How is your mar What is your marketing plan? You know, what is your brand strategy? And a lot of them are going solo. There's a big thing that I'm seeing out solo? there. A lot of them don't have the right founding teams. Yeah, you solo yeah. entrepreneur. A lot of them don't have the solo founding teams. You, That's I, tough. We, I can't stress how important having the right. Um, corner co-founding members are like you cannot do this alone it, it, it is, is is nearly impossible do we agree with that a UFC fighter doesn't do it alone yeah even and also this corner. how are you driving the customer to the store like we spend 
hours in this office with our teams talking about like okay but right forget, now during coronavirus forget the teams though even early on no, when we were just on, us three whatever you could talk to a friend you could talk to your your whatever uh, what i'm trying to say is the amount of energy that goes into how are we getting people to the store how are we convincing them to buy our product what are we doing Okay, and there are different formats of things that you could do: there are mailers, digital ads, whatever. The list goes on, but you need to get creative. Right? I will say this: one yeah. of our first full-time salaries, and this was like crazy to anybody in the industry that we spoke to, was not like was a videographer. Right. Think about that for a second. Our first outside employee for Midday Squares was nothing to do with food, nothing to do with anything. It was just someone to help us. Comes back to the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think like, exactly. You you can go to the store and, and try to convince the buyer to take your, buy your products, but you need to have the full package when you show up. So, you know, how you treat your customers, what kind of brand are you are, your product tastes good, what does it look like? Like Jake said, margin, who are you marketing to? Like you need to have all your ducks in line. How could they say no to you? How can any store say no to you? I don't care if your, your product tastes like dog shit. Unfortunately, there are a lot of products in these stores that taste like dog shit and you know, maybe it's not the love being put into them, but how can someone say no to you when you're telling them you're gonna make them X plus $6 more than Y? It doesn't make sense. They're going to do it because... And you're bringing a crew of fucking people with but, you. But forget about the crew. These people, the way they think is they have limited amount of real estate in their stores. They need to move product to pay for that real estate. They need to move. They have they have overheads. They have massive overheads. That shelf needs to be selling at a very fast pace. If they don't trust that your product's going to sell at that fast pace, they are not going to sell your product. I don't care who you know. I don't care anybody. I know we said connections are super important. They are. But if your product's sitting on a shelf and doing nothing, it ain't going to do anything. And they're not going to take it. And Or they'll take it and get rid of it so very what, fast. What do we think the founding team needs to look like? If you're an entrepreneur starting tomorrow with all the last decade of experience I that just you have, think what's your founding team look like? You cannot... I need a black or white answer. No, but do not partner up with people that have the same um, skill, sets. skill sets as you. I, I know it's sometimes co you're comfortable and you're like, oh, I have a best friend or I have yes. a husband or wife or whatever, or boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever the case may be. I'm comfortable with them. They're great. That's They'll equivalent like up. saying, hey, you... You're next to me. You're convenient. Exactly. Let's get married. It's easy. No, but yeah. a lot of people do that. By no, the way, I know so, that's a, that's a conversation for another. What I'm time. saying is, don't just partner up with someone because it seems easier, it's convenient, or it feels safe. That's not the right thing to do. I want to bring something up. I think that's brilliant. What you just said. If the reason you are making choosing a partner, it, the first quality that comes to mind is safety and comfort. You're most probably making the wrong decision. Yeah. So different skill sets. Different the skill sets. That's the answer. So drum roll. If we were right, if if this was um, what's it called um, when you do sports and you draft people? Fantasy. If this was fantasy sports, you can only have three qualities in each founder. What are you doing? So each founder can only have one. Nick, quality. you start. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you absolutely need someone strong in finance. A wicked creative and an organized operator. I think those, uh, a, an organized operator gets shit done type person that can just make anything happen. Those are my three. So I think, I think an operator 
uh, like an organized operators one. What's, think, a de- what's your definition of an operator? So I'm I just curious. need someone that could, could make sure that everything's running smoothly in the company in the sense that they understand how to de- compartmentalize things and make sure that the different sections are running. So like they understand the big picture. They could see the big picture. Understood. Like they kind of, they, they understand how to make the car drive. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, okay. I, they're I like they're that. not building the car. So that's though. our definition of operator. Yeah. Then a people's person. Um, I always thought sales was um, one of the most important thing. And I don't think that's, I, people say it's like a commodity and everyone could do it. I, I disagree strongly. I disagree. We've been through light and day with the, you know, the whole nine yards and we're not going to say anything, but my whole thing is, you need someone good at it, okay? Like and really, like really good. Because there's differences. There's zero to hundred, and there's real differences in zero and one. <laughs> and don't so, be cheap. Do not be cheap. Um, no. And then number three, I would say a creative. Um, you need someone creative and that could to tell a story. At the end of the day, I think the creativity comes from storytelling. They see other things that other people don't see, and they could bring it to life with that operator. So they work all together, you know. And then the sales just keeps the revenue coming. You. Yeah, I think exactly. Operator. The panda looked like she was staring into space there. Were you staring into no, space? No, no, I was listening. You were to, deep I was thought. very, I was in deep thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree with Nick and Jake. Operator uh, is very important. Somebody who can. Be excited about this. Uh, no, somebody who's, you know, multifaceted and, and could do a lot of mm-hmm. different things. But, but operating is their, you know, their expertise. I think somebody who is able to. Give us one that we didn't talk about yet. Well, I Could you see if you, or if you agree with it? You no, agree because with it. I agree with it. Like I, th- well, draft, I, I think, kinda. like three things is really narrow. But yeah, okay. So, exactly, operator, definitely somebody who understands numbers, um, and I would say, creative. Like if okay, that's no, good- I would say somebody who understands number is kind of my operator. Yeah. I, they could yeah. be the same. They, they could, could be, be the same. same. I would say I definitely agree that you need a, a person that's willing to be the face of the brand. Interesting. Um, and I think that creative, 100%. But you know what? You said finance, and I, I disagree a little bit with that because there are great accountants out there who's doing an incredible job, and that's a hire. That's yeah. that's not a co-founder. No, but so I, so I guess I, let me back it up. I don't mean they need to be proficient in finance, but somebody on your fucking team. No, I'm going to actually break it down really simple. Somebody on your team better know if I use the words P&L, balance mm, sheet, yeah. and cash flow yeah. statement, if those three things are not known either you need to fucking figure it out and figure it out quick or somebody on the team better know exactly what those things do how they connect and how they because the business doesn't go otherwise margins and calculating all these things yeah it's very important it's like it's it's actually the most important thing but I really do feel that it's different skill sets are required for different industries because when I speak I'm speaking directly about our industry yeah I don't know. I would disagree. Like, why would it change? What would change? Well, Give me something in your head that would change. if I was launching something in tech, I would okay. want somebody who knows how to program. I would want somebody who knows the back end of things. I would want somebody who understands that world of programming and, and you know. So I had a friend reach out this yeah. week, last uh, week. I, I, I'm going to think about that before I answer. Yeah, so I'm going to answer your question. So I had a friend reach out about tech last week. He started an app and it's coming out very soon. And he's like, how do I launch? And, and, and he had his whole programming team. He had everyone. He had the finance. He had the operator. He didn't have that part and he couldn't figure out. He's like, I'm struggling. I'm fucking struggling. You can't just hire a creative. I'm sorry. It's very hard to find the right one. So you need that right one from the the get-go. And I don't think if you don't have that blood in the game with that person, I think it's a lot harder to get that out there. I think an executor is the first thing you need. And I think I, I do feel like when it comes to like tech or software, you need a founder that, that is able to understand that world, a technical founder. Um, so okay, and and doesn't Y Combinator I actually, say that? 
No, I actually, they do, but I actually want to remove the idea of it being only applicable to tech. I think what we're trying to say is the core business that you're going after, the, somebody on your OG team better fucking know what they're doing in that core business mm-hmm. and be able to do it yourself. Exactly. So for us, we didn't outsource our production of the food we did it yes. ourselves mm-hmm. and if we were making software it would be the same idea yes, exactly. one of us would need to be able to make that software yes right but the more i've been in this world the more i realize that the hard parts are the non-core things which is the creativity about getting customers how to speak how to retain how to make sh- that's, that's that's shit intangible that, yeah. it's intangible it's very fucking crazy um, it's a chemistry that comes with that. So on that note, we are getting ready to release our new flavor. We spoke about it last episode. We're hinting at it again. We can't say what it is. How do we come up with our innovations? What's that process? How do we decide flavoring um, well, or product lines? or? Well, we speak to our customer first saying, like, what do you guys want to see? What do you guys want to um, – what do you guys want to – have right we're very engaging with our customer base and from there we usually have an idea of what people want and then we we go from there right and so that's that's the the basis of ask your customers we have a following let's engage with them then from there we start creating development right and development we start off by so you being head of product development that's your big pitch of our innovation Sorry, I'm actually distracted by something right now. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, my ring is stuck on my finger. Oh. oh. How good does that feel? Holy mm. shit, Jake. Feel that. How swollen it is. That's wow. Oh, my God. Oh, no, no. The blood's stuck. So this is super common. Woo! <laughs> my wife. Oh. This is. Oh, would you say this is a perfect example of your ADD? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no yeah, I got brain. really. Because you saw it was somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. That was the worst answer oh my of God. life. Yeah, okay. I'm gave. back. I'm okay. back. I'm back. Okay. So we are <laughs> back. Okay. Um, so, so how do we think about innovation here in Midday Squares? Like, how how do we plan for product lines? First off, innovation is very. It's a creative. You have to have a creative mindset. Like when I hired Mandy, who's part of the R and D team, the first thing I asked her, "Are you a curious person?" Okay, curiosity, and you always ask that too. Is curiosity is key? I think curiosity is one of the most underutilized 100%. qualities that people sh- like because like, if you're curious okay if you are curious you will search for things you will deep dive you will look you will ask questions so it doesn't matter where what your background is if you're you know qualified or not if you are curious you will figure it out and you will utilize the internet to your advantage so that's the first thing the second thing is our department of R&D is really myself Nick and Mandy now, Nick just comes in because he's he's a person. I'm passionate about it. I'm not going to lie. I'm just passionate On about the weekends, it. like I told you guys earlier, that he spends his time looking at, you know, different manufacturing processes. And he also does a lot of reading on the internet and goes down these rabbit holes. Now, I'm less of the person to go down rabbit holes, but I'm very creative at heart. So we shoot the shit, Nick and I. We talk about these things, and then we bring Mandy in, and we shoot the shit. And what really happens is we start by by thinking really outside of the box. But the one thing about Midday Square is any flavor we're actually going to launch to market needs to 
what's the word needs to take needs to be what we're actually saying it is yes so even though we start off really big it's the we- number one thing people fail at we were just last night and i won't say the names and it's mad love if you're listening to this you know i say this with love we tasted this product and it was called uh s'mores cookies okay and it tasted nothing like s'mores what it tasted like was banana bread with marshmallow. No, it tasted like carrot cake. Sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it tasted like carrot cake with marshmallows. And it was so delicious. It was fucking incredible, but, but, it didn't taste awesome. but you cannot yeah. call it s'mores. I agree. I That's the point. It's a mind tra- fuck for this. And we also fu- tried Larabar. How was yeah, it? Yeah, it was actually very good. It was very yeah, good. Yeah, but very, I mean, listen. But it, it didn't taste like peanut butter. No, it didn't taste like peanut butter. It Right? So what I'm trying to say is we create big ideas but we come back to earth and we say does this flavor taste and do what we are saying it's supposed to do transparency and exactly we're very transparent and so we always keep our why and our goal in our mind now the other big thing we do is we source all kinds of ingredients before we do anything we start with the sourcing of ingredients and all theory recipes so what we do is like we go down these rabbit holes and we find stuff that people have not tried or used we bring it all in we start tasting it we start testing in the lab and we literally create theoretical recipes and then we start making them and we do hundreds of trials until we feel that we've found the right, you know, the right fit. And 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 so that's kind of our our process is going down these rabbit holes. Rabbit having, holes. Ha, rabbit holes. That's the key to big, creativity. Having these big ideas, sourcing these incredible ingredients that no one's like, I just told Nick last night and I wanted to let you like I, I'm filling you in now is next maybe next year or the year after that, I wanna bring on a pastry chef. Okay. And every year we're gonna do maybe two, three trips where we're going to go all these different places across the world to taste and try new things from different cultures. Because when I was in Peru, guys, two months ago, okay, I discovered things in the jungle (laughs) that has not even launched to market yet. I ate it and when is this video of you in the jungle dropping? It's coming out. It's coming out. It's for our YouTube Jake, launch. how long has she been telling us that? A long But what time, I'm saying long, is, guys, I was time. in the jungle, okay? And I tried you products. You were in the jungle. You. I was in the jungle, okay? And I tried products I that nobody that. has tried, okay, except the local farmers. And I was freaking. My mind was exploding with innovation. How many times did I call you? Yeah, you, she didn't stop fucking messaging me. Because it, 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 it's incredible. When you go to a trade show, they don't have these things. So anyways, innovation is an incredible thing. But curiosity, like Nick said, is the most under underused. Uh, underutilized, no, underutilized quality, quality to look for. Yeah, especially then, in the field. And then hard work because you just brought up something. You tried something. You know how hard that is to find the supply chain of that? Like, Oh, yeah. So then you have to go really deep into working on that. And well, I love hard thing. workers, Jake. You know that. But, but like no, Mandy was saying. here on Saturday all day working. I, I free. No, but free. You're, we're talking a you know a group of people, and maybe they have they they are trying to create a new flavor of something or a new product, and you know finding something amazing like what you found, it's not so easy to bring it back. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. You got to be curious. You know, you got to be able to get on a plane and get to go to Peru. Listen, on fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, here's how I feel: is that when the going gets tough. Make sure you remind yourself that we put people on the fucking moon. And if we could do that, anything. 
could Anything's be done. possible. And so don't fucking stop. He, David Goggins says, shout out to him. He says, when you're going Who through tough. Who is David Goggins? David Goggins is one of the most decorative Navy SEALs. Um, he did Hell Week three times. He has figured a way to use his brain to, uh, to accomplish incredible things. He's run all kinds of marathons, the hardest races in the world, and he was not even a runner. And he swam in a pool. He he was unable to swim, and he taught himself in the hardest waters of all time how to get out of there and be safe. He figured it out with his brain. So what he says is when you're going through tough times, you got to dig inside. you got to really dig at moments of greatness, moments that you've accomplished as a person and saying, how come you can't accomplish this? And he's figured it out. It's like a science he has. And like, you know, when I read his book, I start to use that, like, you know, even when I'm working out, because working out's a great example. You're lifting something and your body's giving out, it's giving out, you, you can't lift it past your shoulders. But if you take your brain and actually think about everything, you take a second, you'll get it up there. But it takes work and hard work to figure that out because, again, you have to access a different part of your brain. Your mind's very powerful. It is. It's an extreme yeah. powerful source. And I think people don't use it as much as they should. I agree. 100%. Can I say one more thing on innovation yeah, 100%. And, and, and recipes and stuff like that? <laughs> we are constantly Lens. working on the current recipes that are on the market. Mm-hmm. And we're always trying to optimize and make sure that you guys are having the best experience. And so we're not just doing new development here we're actively working on making sure the product is going to be its best at all times and so we always work on fudge and almond and we continue to do so and 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 look that's the ongoing process of making sure you have the best product on the market okay last thing before we end (laughs) off can everyone go smell yeah yeah it's over so let everyone smell your your microphone thing and on a scale of one to ten, admit how bad your breath is. Ten being bad. Oh, mine, mine smells good. Mine smells great. Yeah. You're such a liar. I can't stand no, it. No, but that's a turn off. If no, you I smell my mic. No, I'm not going to smell your mic. It it's smells disgusting. great. No. no. <laughs> and on that note, we are going to all go crush the gym together. We've been feeling great. And right now. that's a wrap on what's the holiday today? Victoria Day. Happy Victoria Day. Everybody go enjoy. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, 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 ole. Midday squares uncensored. That's a fucking wrap.